Well, I want you to turn, you got your Bibles, turn to, uh, turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 59. We're just going to jump into this, and, and I have a little fun there. This is a, a serious message just because I believe the seriousness of where we're at in our nation and, and what we're facing. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to what's really going on, how serious this is. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a frustration, but I've got a daughter in New York City. I've got another daughter, uh, we, my wife and I, we've got another daughter in Boulder, and, and uh, so they, there's a level. We've got, uh, my, my brother lives in Los Angeles, my sister north of Seattle, my, my brother-in-law, one of my brother-in-laws in, in San Diego. So we got a pretty good perspective of what's going on in the rest of the world. And so we're pretty isolated here. I mean, there's no cases uh, in, uh, in, in Garfield County in, in our area that we know of. And so we're, we're in, in a little different scenario than what they are, say, in New York City or, or what they've been in Seattle especially. And, and then it, it just spreads on and on. But as I woke up this morning, the Lord initially sent me to, as I was, my first thought was this service. God, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What, what, what is... Your, your word. And so I went to Isaiah chapter 59. Now, after we set up this morning, we came up here and we, we, uh, we set up and, and after I was leaving and heading home, I had my radio on and I heard the governor, I believe it was the governor of New York, I, I missed the intro of who it was, but I believe it was the governor of New York State. And he was being interviewed and he, and he really brought a lot of balance to things and encouragement to things and it wasn't all negative. He, he talked about how we need to set aside all partisanship and, and everybody unified to, to attack this thing. And I think that's something that, that God is going to bring out of this. I, I'm just trusting that we're going to look past all the division in this nation and we're going to choose to agree on the things we agree on and work on the things that, we, that are at hand and quit worrying about point and blame. Now, he said in this, though, he used an illustration. He said, it's like we're in a snow globe. He said, you, you, do you remember when we had, or do you, have you, you remember what a snow globe's like? He said, you shake it up and everything is disoriented and the snow falls and it's like that world is entirely changed. He said, it's like somebody has taken our nation and shaken it and turned it upside down. Now, I don't know if he's a believer or not, but that sounds like something that God would do or it sounds like something that God would deal with and make provision for. Now, I'm not saying this thing is from God. I want to make that very perfectly clear. I'm not saying this is from God. But in the midst of calamity, disaster, pestilence, plagues, uh, the, the children of Israel being taken, there's all these scenarios. Where was God in all those? God continually came to a people who were willing to come to Him. And who were willing to repent. And so I want to challenge you with this. See, um, it's a great time to turn to our Bible as a resource, as, as hope. See, because I, I titled this message, God is Enough. You see, when, when, when I think about God and I look through the Bible, this isn't a history book to me. It has history. It tells me history. But it is not a history book. It is an account. I don't even like to say the stories of the Bible. The accounts of the Bible. When I read about God doing those miracles, I don't care really if science can prove it or not. I, I hear the statement sometimes, well, that we're going to take a scientific approach. 
And, and it's like they're, they're locking down that we're not going to trust God. But I believe God's getting and will get attention of people that are going to be so... And, and, and listen, this is not judgment or criticism, but if we're without God, we ought to look to... And I believe there's people who have run from God. People who have left the church, left the faith, set this aside... But know that we're raised, knowing God, that are going to say, wait a minute. I'm going to come back to God. And I believe that's what we're going to see. I believe in the end, God is going to get glory from this. Not because He caused it, but because He delivers us from it. He still is our hope and our provision. See, God was, God was in the, He's been in the, in the making a way when there is no way business for a long time. See, he, he's been in the healing business for a long time. In the protecting business for a long time. In the overcoming Satan and his schemes for a long time. And so, it, in, in fact, forever. <laughs> See, God's never gotten to a point where it was too much. See, God's always been enough. And so that's our source of hope and strength. You know, it'd be great if they had a vaccine. But you know, if it's not this, it's something else. When, when are we going, and I think we do know that, but we as a nation turn to God instead of from God. Let's look at, at chapter, one, uh, chapter 59, verse 1. Verse 1. He says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor His ear too dull to hear. Now pause there. We're going to read more in a minute. But surely... See, when I, when I look at this, I mean, listen... A lot of you may turn the TV off, the radio off. I got satellite radio. I can listen to the news channels on my, on my pickup, in my pickup, going to feed cattle. And, and because of the weightiness and the responsibility and the concern of making you know, a decision with a group of men, but they're looking to me to you know, make some of these decisions about shutting down and stuff, that's a weight. I mean, my first thought, 5 o'clock this morning when I woke up, before my alarm went off, it was... God, how do we handle these things? How do we move forward? How do we maintain faith and, and protect people at the same time? What do we do? And so it would be no, it, it's no different. But surely His arm. See, I, rem, I remember all those times in God's Word, throughout His Word, when the people were overwhelmed, the enemy was too great, when they, they had no ability, but yet they turned to God. And so let's, let's continue to, uh, <clears throat> to read here just a little bit in verse 2. It says, But your iniquities... Now, I understand. How, let me pause for a minute. Set this up. Isaiah is one of the prophets of the Old Testament. He was, he was teaching to the, speaking to the church of Israel and, and, and Judah, the, the nation of Judah in particular. But during this time, he's, he's dealing with a nation of people, God's people, who had rejected him. We're going to go through and listen and look at some of their, the things they were doing. But understand, God had separated Himself, or they had separated themselves from God, not God separating Himself. God never quit loving Israel. And I'm going to tell you what, He never quits loving us. Now in verse 2 again, He says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. So we see the problem. Israel is in being dominated by other nations falling to other kings in a bad situation. And I'm not claiming that for us in America. This isn't an exact picture. 
But there's parallels. Now he says, Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. See, it's not that God's ear is dull. And it's, it's not that He's not listening to our prayers. But as a nation, there's always a remnant that's going to stand. Well, I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit standing. This is one nation under God. Indivisible. I'm continuing to pray that, continuing to stand in that. But notice verse 3 says, For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken falsely, and your tongue muttered wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They, they uh, conceive troubles and give birth to evil. They hatch the eggs of vipers. They spin a spider's web. Who's, who, whoever eats their eggs will die, and when one is broken, an adder is hatched. The cobwebs are loose, loose, useless for clothing. They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their deeds are evil deeds. Their acts of violence are in their hands, and their feet run into, rush to sin, and they are swift to shed innocent blood. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pin these sins on America, but I think there's some parallels. I'm not here to be, be negative. I'm not here to, to, to you know, condemn or judge or criticize America. But God never leaves a people or a nation that comes before Him. And part of my prayer, and, and, and repents and yields to Him and turns back to Him. One of the, 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 part of my prayer in this is that we begin to separate ourselves as a nation from all the, the strife and the division of bickering. bickering. I've been saying this for several months. I haven't said it, and I don't know if I said it here, but I've I preached it up at, up at the church on Sunday morning. How I believe the greatest attack of the enemy, the greatest, uh, greatest tactic that he has against our, our nation and everything in it is division. Because whatever he can divide, he can conquer. Think about your home. Think about your relationship with your kids. Think, think about, think about uh, uh, relationships that you're in, jobs. Think about your siblings. I mean, there are opportunities within your families for division and strife. And if that strife and that division comes, James says there's every evil work. And, and that's what's happening in this nation. But let me say that it doesn't just happen in this nation. It can happen within churches. You travel a whole lot of different churches. I, 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 I listen to a lot of a different and, and see a lot of things. I mean, there's men spend their whole time preaching about, worrying about what somebody else is doing in some other ministry. Dividing. I mean, what I love about this cowboy church, and, and since I've been in cowboy ministry over the last 10 or 15 years, is how many different denominations we can blend. Because we're choosing to focus on... I got a Lutheran. Somebody, well, you, you, you attend Lutherans. Sorry to pick on you, Bruce. I got, I got people from all different churches, all different walks of life. We got Methodists, Baptists, Catholics, Lutheran. I mean, wow. I'm just teasing. I, I got a good Lutheran brother who used to come to one of my Bible studies that I did. and We'd tease him all the time and, and we had a lot of good fun. But, you know, there are things we could divide in. Or we can choose to say, no, as long as we're talking about the blood of Jesus provides sin, I mean, provides provision for, for sin, enables us to have new life in Jesus Christ, and we can focus on some of those things and work forward. 
We don't all have to act the same, but the division and strife we need to we need to we need to separate from as best we can. You know, <clears throat> this goes on and, and you can jump down to let's jump down to verse twelve for the sake of time. He says, For our offenses are many. He's speaking on behalf of the nation. He said, Our offenses are many in your sight, O God, speaking to God. He didn't say that, but speaking to God, that's who he's directing this towards. And our sins testify against us. Our offenses are even are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquity. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord turns turning our backs on our God. You know, sometimes people say, Where's God in all this? And we have to ask the question. How many in our nation have pushed God away, rejected God? We can't have Him in school. We're not having Him in our business. I promise you, Dakota making a declaration to pray before the, the, the feeder calf sale starts doesn't set well with just everybody. Hopefully that doesn't go out on Facebook and offend anybody. <laughs> no, Dakota won't care. But see, sometimes when you bring God into a situation... It offends people. And you know what? It shouldn't be that way. But see, people have rejected God. Now, I can tell some of you are a little bit uncomfortable. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Because here's what, here's what I know in the end. That if we, at, at whatever point... See, every one of us can fit into this to some degree. If not now, it was maybe last week. It, it, may, have been, it may have been two years ago. It might be this next week that we sin against God, that we do something wrong. Now, thank God for His grace and His mercy that enables us to, to turn and to acknowledge our iniquities, our rebellion, our treachery. See, they're beginning to kind of see a way of repentance. They know it needs to happen. But look at verse 14. So justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance, at a distance and truth has stumbled in the streets... Honesty can't enter. Truth is nowhere to be found. And whoever shuns evil becomes prey. It's kind of what I'm looking at in the world. Who do, they, who do they slam the most? People who try to stand up for God. Oftentimes we in, in workplaces, in, 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 uh, in our surroundings, we try to make a stand for God. We try to uh, acknowledge God, and what, what do people do? They almost, you're like prey. They, they'll, they'll come against you. That's what, they, that's what happens so much in this world because we've continued as a church to let everything in this world become more important than God. I know this isn't a whole lot of fun. I'm preaching the choir. You guys are out here. But you know what? We can all tighten up in the areas and the things that we, that we, how we need to live our lives, putting God first. That's one of the things that I think is going to come out of this that's wonderful, is we can't run around doing all the activities that we've, we've made so important in life. And I'm throwing me in there, my kids are out of school now. I don't, I don't run to uh, 14 different ball games a week like I used to. But we've been there, we've done that. And I look back and I think how much... Did we miss? I was always in church. But there were times my wife was taking our kids to ball games while I'm preaching. And what did I do? As soon as the sermon was over, 
I'd, I'd slip out as quick as I could and get to the tail end of the ball game. Sometimes see the fourth quarter. Sometimes I watched the game before I came. I always made church a priority, but there was, that, there was that other activity, those other things that took such a high precedent. You know, it's, it's just an opportunity. That's what this is, is, I believe, is an opportunity for a reset. Man, what an opportunity to, to not be able to do some of the things. Think about how much money you can save. Ooh, I think about all the, we used to save up for for a long time to get through basketball season. When we had three kids playing at one time, concessions and gate money and gas and, and all that stuff, man, it was a hit on our budget. And so we saved and planned, my wife did. Thank God I have such a wonderful I tease her a lot, but boy, it was a blessing. She'd do that. Now let's go on here. Get, get, let's get to more fun stuff. All right, everybody say amen to that. Now notice it says, look, and, and the Lord looked and dis, he was displeased that there was no justice. Now I find that interesting that Jesus wasn't, or I mean God, he wasn't railing on them about the sin as much as there was no justice, no provision for them. Notice what he says in verse 16. And he saw that there was no one he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So he, so his own arm achieved salvation for him. And his own righteousness sustained him. And I tell you what, that's where we're at. See, God, he's, he's setting up the prophecy for the Messiah. And he says, oh man, I'm, here, here's, here's comes provision. Here comes salvation. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation as his, on his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance and he wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. And according to what they have done, so he will repay wrath to his who? Enemies. Those that are, that are, that are harming his or separating them from him. And he goes on and he says, verse 19, From... The West, people will fear the name of the Lord, and from the rising of the sun, they will revere His glory. Now, we're going to read some more of that in just a minute, but I want to tell you, this was the, these were the verses that came to me at 5 o'clock this morning. And this is what I wanted to get to, and I hope the people on Facebook held in there. You didn't have a choice. See, I was going to call you out if you stood up and walked out. Now, y'all love this because it's truth. You love this because this is the situation we're in. And Lord, and, and, and this is the wonderful thing about the Lord is in, in any of those situations, when we repent and turn to God, God will make provision. But notice it says, the people fear the name of the Lord from the rising of the sun, from the west, from California, from Seattle, from San Diego. The West, as far as the as nation of the United States, United States is concerned, from the West all the way to the East, New York City, South Carolina, Florida. See, that's what I'm praying for. That's what I want to see. That in the midst of turmoil and when man says, I don't have an answer. That's the other thing that they say. We can't do this. I've, I've heard them. They're not crying out for God yet. But there's people 
they're, they're, they don't have a hope. They don't have a situation, an answer for this situation. And yet I believe that God is going to show up. And here's, here's a, an idea of how God can show up. It says, for he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. That's the NIV translation. I always learned that. I, I, I woke up memori having, having memorized it out of the King James, New King James. And it was when the enemy comes in, like a flood, depending on where you put the punctuation. But here it, they, they translate it, God is the flood. I don't care if you put the enemy as the flood, or God is, uh, but God is the ultimate flood. Here's the thing we know. Is that in a situation, it's like I pray, it's funny, if you look back at the sermons over the last month, we didn't know this was coming. God did. I was preaching, who is God to you? Do you trust God? That's been the sermons the last four or five weeks. See, I believe you're a people who does trust God, who does believe in God, but see, we, we need a picture. I want to build a picture spiritually in your situation, in your life, that God is the flood that overwhelms. Isn't it interesting? That, that was a lot of spit. Flood. I'm glad y'all are way out there, see? That won't carry more. That won't carry that, that distance, see? And I don't have the stuff anyway. But no, no, just had to have a little fun with that. But here's the thing. Oh, remember, remember we, we dealt with the God holding back the flood for the children of Israel to go across the Jordan into the promised land. He said, set the ark, the which represented the presence of God. Carried by the priest. He said, set that in the river. We're going we're gonna to back the river up. So he can hold the flood back. Or he can come in like a flood to consume anything and everything, whatever it is. And I, I, am, believe, I am believing God that this thing is going to be taken out in such a way that God gets the glory. I believe that people are going to look back. Now, not everybody will admit it. But see, here's the thing. If we, as a church, continue to stand, continue to believe God, continue, like I've been preaching on Sunday morning, my, my message was hearing God's voice in times of trouble. We, we need to hear a voice that God says, there is hope, there is provision, I'll get, you will come through this. I do have an answer. You know, we need, to, we need to have that kind of hope. Now, go on here in verse 20. He says, the Redeemer will come to Zion. See, Redeemer means, that, that understanding of that is that redemption is secured by, by an atoning sacrifice. They were under the Old Covenant. They were looking for an atoning sacrifice. They brought their animal. It covered the sin for the year. They were good, but they had to have that. But then Jesus came. And that's who he's setting the, this is the picture of, is that, it, that Jesus would come and be that redeemer, that one who paid it. What was the Bible say? Once for all. He covered that sin. He paid for that, that, that price. And those in, in, uh, those in Jacob who repent of their sins. Isn't it interesting, if you've ever done a study of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, when he, talks, when he calls him Jacob, it's when he's sinning or rebelling or not doing right. And when he calls him Israel, he also refers to him Israel. You, you'll read through that, that. I think that's in uh, Chronicles. or I don't remember where exactly it's at. But you read through that and he's flipping names back and forth. Anyway, that's a little sideline there. 
But that would be for those who, who are not living right, but, but can come to God. There's redemption, and we've all been there if we're not right now. So now, let's look at, we've got to look at verse 21 before we get out of here. It says, as for me, this is God speaking. As for me, this is my covenant with them. Who? The ones who receive the Redeemer. Those who repent of their sin. Says the Lord, my spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I put in your mouth will always be on your lips. On the lips of your children and the lips of their descendants from this time forward. He's saying, man, I'm making provision. I'm making provision. So as we wrap this up tonight, I want to I challenge you to, uh, to begin to uh, make that your declaration in prayer. Father, I thank you that I'm, I'm going to believe God with those other believers in this nation that the fear of the Lord will sweep and the, and the glorification of the name of the Lord will sweep across this nation. That we begin to see people coming to the Lord in, in, in great revival. I don't know about you, but man, we, we're not baptizing enough people. We're not seeing enough people saved here or nationwide. One of the things that I've been called to and I've seen throughout our ministry is that we reach people who, who are, have been unreached by the church. It's one of the reasons for, for Cowboy Church. Able to reach those that the churches aren't reaching. But another that we, we, we reach are those who've left God or maybe don't feel like they can fit in a, in a, in a normal church setting. Man, I look around and I, I see a bunch of good, good people. And I believe that God is doing a, a work in your life. And so I just believe that as we pray and as we seek God and as we pray over this nation, we also can pray against this plague, this virus, and all the effects of it. We've already talked about that somewhat. And so uh, we want to we do that. And, and uh, I want to continue to stand and I want to continue to pray. You know, one of the things that I think is very important when we get into that, those last few verses, and for those that are watching online, maybe those that will see this, this message, and maybe you are one of those that's walked away from God or not real sure about uh, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, I just say, you've got Facebook. You, you've, you've got the opportunity to message me. And if you're ready to, to make that turn, come back to God to pray and and repent of sin to maybe make Jesus Lord of your life for the first time, I just challenge you to, to make that decision and that declaration. You see, uh, tonight as, as we close, I want to pray that the God, we just got it, we stayed in the Old Testament, which I normally don't do. But I, for the sake of time, I want to turn to, I'm going to turn to Mark chapter 9. I've got, got to close this, sorry. Not sorry. Mark chapter 9. And you guys can probably come and get, get ready to minister. Mark chapter 9. I believe this is a little more weighty and a little more important tonight than just 
my normal time frame. But there was a man who had his son that was demon-possessed, that, that was sick, ailing. And he brought him to Jesus. And he said in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? And, the, and from childhood, he answered, It is often he's thrown into the fire or water to kill him. Talking about the spirit that, that the boy was possessed with. But the father says this, he says, But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus' response was, if you can. I love that, the way it's written in this Bible. I've never noticed that before. But it's got a question mark. He says, if you can. Obviously, it's kind of like you don't know who you're talking to. See, that's the way I want us to approach Jesus, in that same manner. Not if you can but as the one who absolutely can. Jesus went on and said, His response was, Everything is possible for, one who, to, for the one who believes. Immediately the Father explained, I do believe, but His next response was, Help me in my unbelief. Now Jesus cast the demon out, Jesus healed the boy. But the point is, we've got to come to God. We've got to believe that He is and that's what I'm believing God for across this nation. For those that might be sick, those that might be in fear, whatever the, whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation. Man, I'm telling you what, Jesus is the, the, the one that we can tap into. And if we'll come to Him, and we, we may start off saying, Lord, if we can. But I, I pray that after tonight, it's like, God, I absolutely believe you can. Because He says, anything is possible for him who believes. I want to believe with you tonight. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight, and I thank you for those that are, are watching, those that are here. Father, those that will watch this later on. And Lord, I pray that, that we would have a, a choice and a decision, that we'd make a, 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 a decision to come to Jesus, first of all. And if we come to Jesus with that attitude, Lord, if you can, if you'll have me, whatever it be, Jesus' response is, I absolutely can. There's no question. Whatever we face, whatever we're up against, whatever the condition of our life, whatever our sin, you've never gone too far to get outside of the grace, the mercy, the love, and the provision of God. So Lord, I praise you that as we turn to you as a nation, as individuals, as families, Father God, you're right there. That you bring the healing, the restoration, the protection. And Father, we continue to stand for the good that will come, that you'll turn to good, this evil that's come across this land. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.